the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona sports, Ain't No Fang. Baseball officially starts. Opening day is the 7th. Today is not the 7th. It's the 5th. It's Tuesday. (laughs) And we're talking about a starting rotation that was just announced for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And there is probably at least one surprise in there that some of you didn't expect. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. It's Cody Fincher, the Bear, as always, on the Ain't No Fang podcast. Thanks so much for checking us out this week. As I mentioned, uh, the starting rotation we thought was pretty obvious. I would have said that Madison Bumgarner... And Zach Gallen were pretty much shoe-ins, although Gallen's injury to start the season does kind of complicate things. As it turns out, it's not that simple, because as Tori Lovello said today, uh, they're going with a couple different names that you might not have suspected. Here's his list of who is in the starting rotation. Bum, Merrill, Davies, Caleb, Gallen. Caleb. As that's in the name. Smith? That's the name that you probably didn't expect. <laughs> Caleb Smith makes the starting rotation at least to start the season. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised by that. I thought so. And again, so whose name didn't you hear right there? Luke Weaver. Uh, yeah, Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver is going to be pitching out of the bullpen at least to start the season. I'm a little surprised by that. Um, he had a couple rough outings in spring. And he had a pretty good last outing in spring, but uh, a blister on his thumb forced him to leave the game early. Um, so, but I don't know. Caleb Smith, by the way, to his credit, has pitched well this spring. He's he's pitched pretty well. I don't know how many starts he's had this spring, but he's pitched pretty well. Um, so I'm a little I'm a little surprised that they're going with Caleb Smith over Luke Weaver for this reason. Luke Weaver is. You know, we, you and I have been saying this is a make-or-break year for, like, two straight years for Luke Weaver. And you would think that would be as a starting pitcher because that's his value. That's what you traded Paul Goldschmidt for, a starting pitcher that's supposed to be, a, a, for lack of a better term, a mainstay in your or in your rotation, right? So the fact that they're having him pitch out of the bullpen and maybe they're just hoping to catch lightning in a bottle there, maybe the, the Archie Bradley... Um, factor where he, you know, he gets into the bullpen and he's all, uh, all of a sudden a really good shutdown reliever. Maybe they find that magic again with Luke Weaver. Um, I don't know how likely that is gonna ha- that is to happen, but um, I, I did think Zach Davies would make the rotation. He's obviously the most qualified to be in the starting five um, because what were their other options at fifth starter? Caleb Smith, who made it. Corbin Martin. Corbin Martin, Tyler, Tyler Gilbert, Gilbert, Taylor Widener, Dan Straley, Humberto Castellanos. I mean, if if I wanted to see anybody out of those options, I, I would I was hoping I think I told you this too. I I would have hoped it would have been Corbin Martin because I need to start seeing what he's got. Um that not to say he didn't make the team, we don't know. Um but I would like to see what he can do because, again, kind of like Luke Weaver, that's what you traded Zach Granke for in Corbin Martin, a starting pitcher that's going to be in your rotation. And I would like to see him be a starter and not a reliever. But um, So we'll see what happens with, with Corbin Martin. But, yeah, Caleb, Caleb Smith, I mean, Tori said this afternoon to the media, he earned it. He did pitch really well this spring. Um, his first outing was not great, but then he got better and better and, Tory said he earned it, so here we are. Well, and you talked about trying to get something out of Luke Weaver because you traded something of value to get a starting pitcher. 
I think you could say the same thing of Caleb Smith. They traded, sure, yeah, you're they right about a that. valuable center fielder for a guy yep. who was supposed to be a left-handed a starter point. in your rotation. Good point. And especially coming off of the trade you had made previously with Miami, where you gave up your what was projected to be your number one prospect in Jazz Chisholm, who turned into a pretty good player so far, for Zach Gallen. Coming off of that deal, you're thinking to yourself, all right, we, we got the better end of the Gallon deal, mm-hmm. it appeared at the time. We can go and do that again. And they give up Starling Marte, who turns out he leads the league in steals last year, and he turns into an even better center fielder than you could have hoped. Um, but they got Caleb Smith in that deal. They probably look at Smith and say, you know what, we've still got a lot invested in him, and we need to figure out if that's going to work out long-term in the rotation. To your point, last year he got yanked from the rotation at the beginning of the season. This year it's kind of the opposite. It's kind of, hey, surprise, surprise, you're in the rotation this year. And he pitched really well as a left-handed reliever last year, especially when you consider the fact that they don't have a lot of left-handers in this organization right now in the bullpen. So I don't know if I expect this to last necessarily, but you mentioned his spring. Caleb Smith, by the way, is 30 years old. I did not realize he was that old. Not that that's like insurmountable. I thought he was older than that. Oh, okay. See, I thought he was younger. (laughs) Uh, ERA, 3.21. Not bad. Whip, 1.21. Not bad. Uh, He struck out 13 in 14 innings. Walked eight. I don't like that walk rate. But yeah. but still, that's not bad. It's just it doesn't scream to me I earned my spot in the rotation. And and maybe because why another reason I'm surprised is because last year he was much better in the bullpen than he was in the rotation. Much better. Um I mean he didn't get really a lot of look in the rotation. He got maybe a couple starts last year before Tory decided to move him to the bullpen, but he was pretty good out of the bullpen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know the other guy's numbers, though. Like, I know Corbin Martin had a couple good outings in spring training this year. Caleb only got one start in spring. Yeah. And I think not that was, starts are the end of the all. Yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, but yeah, I'm. Like, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, I'm surprised Caleb Smith made it. And would I rather have seen Corbin Martin? Yeah. But this team doesn't really have a plethora of options for the rotation right now either. Tyler Gilbert got sent down. Taylor Widener got sent down. Taylor Widener was sent down. I mean, Humberto Castellanos is probably going to make the Major League bullpen because he can be a long reliever. He can I can uh, give you three or four innings in a start if you need him to. This past weekend, uh, I was hosting Arizona Sports Saturday, and we talked with Steve Gilbert over at MLB.com. He had just put out an article, you know, one of those predicting the opening day roster pieces. Mm-hmm. And we were asking him about kind of who's the young pitcher that's going to fit in that fifth spot. We all kind of assume Zach Davies. Turns out he is in the rotation. But Gilbert said something that I think you will disagree with or dislike. He said the Diamondbacks seem to treat the bullpen as a proving ground for their starters, which is true. I mean, you think back on historically speaking, um, that's what they did with Duplantier. Didn't end up working out. Um, I think it's what they're trying to do with Luke Weaver right now. Luke Weaver right now. Caleb Smith. I mean, I I get it. The bullpen is kind of a demotion for starters, but they treat it as the next step from starting in AAA is relieving in the majors. And it I almost mean, feels like that's what they go with. I'm not a coach, so maybe I'm not as smart as I think I am. But for me, I I just think that if you want a guy to be a starter, have him start games. 
because star- starting pitcher and starting pitching is very routine based. And, you know, you got to go through all the warm up stuff before the game, game plan with your catcher for lineups in the bullpen. I mean, I'm sure they game plan in the bullpen, but, you know, you in the bullpen, Corbin, let's just say Corbin Martin, for an example, you know, if he's starting, he starts with a clean slate. He is in the, you know, first inning. Nobody, everything's at zeros. He's gone through his whole uh, routine, warming up with Carson Kelly, game planning with Carson Kelly and and Brent Strom. And then, you know, in the bullpen, oh, hey, there's two guys on. Come get an out for us. Pitch out of the stretch. You know, face a random guy. You, You know what I mean? Like, and not saying that's bad because it does, you know, teach guys how to get out of jams i guess but it's just it's way different than being a starting pitcher to me part of the reason i don't like this caleb smith thing i guess we'll call it is um it it really leaves you strapped for left-handed relief yeah i mean you have what mantiply and oliver perez yeah and neither of those guys well oliver perez hasn't been around very long I mean, granted, he's been in the he's league been, forever. But he's, yeah, he's 40 years old. He's been around yeah. a long time, but that's not my point. He hasn't right. been here in Arizona for very long. Yeah. Uh, Mantiply, I, I, I don't... He's okay. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's right. not horrible, but... And I'm not saying Caleb Smith is a world beater here and that, and that he's going to be the best left-handed reliever in baseball, but seeing as how much better he was in the bullpen last year, to your earlier point... I'd, I almost feel like he's a better fit there, and I understand wanting to find out if your investment was worth it to move a starting center fielder, an all-star now center fielder in Starling Marte for this guy, um, but they have a lot of options. And you know, it's so difficult, too, because in the MLB in current day, you need to have like seven guys who can go. Starters, I'm talking. Right. And it's tough because you can only, most traditional rotations have five starters in them. So what do you do with the other two? If they're young guys like Corbin Martin, you could still send them down to the minor leagues and then they're sitting in Reno or Mm. wherever your AAA team is. Or you can stash them in the bullpen. And so it's one of those two options. And I think with a lot of these young kids, they want to get them opportunities. I guess it's kind of like, would you rather have a guy like Corbin Martin or Tyler Gilbert or Taylor Widener, would you rather have them in the bullpen facing major league hitters or in the starting rotation facing AAA hitters? What's your answer? I mean, I'd I'd rather have them start, but I can see the merit and the the potential of having them in the bullpen facing major league hitters. You got to eventually know how to get major league hitters out. So I don't know. I I just look back at what happened with John Duplantier and it just. I think that was part of the reason why it didn't work. He just never really made it they to kept, the rotation. They kept, yeah, like, and when he did start, it was like four innings, you know. Um, he never ramped up. Not really. They never built I always him wondered up. if that was a stamina issue or of the way they treated him. I don't know. Maybe it was his issue. I don't know. But huh. it seemed like he he was never built up to go long in a game. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't even know if Corbin Martin's going to make the team, so... I expect um, to see him, though. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And we should see all those guys. We should see. I mean, injuries happen, obviously. And then sure. September happens, too. So we should see guys like Corbin Martin and Tyler Gilbert and Taylor Widener again. We should see oh, all yeah. three of those guys at some point. I mean, Tyler Gilbert threw a no-hitter last year in his first start. I mean, you got to see him <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Let I The way I think of this is talking about the starting rotation at the beginning of the season is almost like 
It's talking almost about, pointless. Well, it's like talking about James Harden on the Thunder when he was technically off the bench. Yeah. But come but on. He, played he was starters. starter. He, made, he played starters. Right. Yeah. What right. are we talking about? Is Tabo Ta- I was say really I'm like, the starter? Yeah, yeah he's you know, all-star two guard. That's what Tabo it feels Sabalosha. like with the starting rotation. Like, There's probably seven guys, at least, that and, will get decent opportunities. And again, if Caleb Smith, I mean, even maybe Zach Davies for that part, aren't good enough in the rotation, Luke Weaver sitting there in the bullpen ready to start. Yeah. So, I mean, I know Caleb Smith would be like, remember how last year, how pissed he was that he didn't, that he was taken out of the rotation. He, he was he got super, taken out after one start. He was so mad. We could be here yeah. a week from now. Yeah. And the rotation could uh, be different. Imagine, imagine what will happen again if he's taken out of the rotation again. Well, <laughs> he I might blow think, up. I would think that would be hard for him to stomach. I don't think that they would do that again two years in a row. Um, but if he ends up back in the bullpen, I would not, if I were him, I would try not to think of that as a demotion and think of it more as, dude, you fit really well in this bullpen. Right. It's not like we think you suck and we need a place to stash you because because we can't have you in the rotation. <laughs> it's not that. From my perspective, I like him in the bullpen. Right. Probably more than most he of their other options. He pitched really well in the bullpen yeah. last year. So They don't have a lot better options than him, although they added two decent relievers in the offseason in Melanson and Ian Kennedy. By the way, Mark Melanson did not have a good spring at all. I know yeah. I know you don't care much about numbers, but I don't know if he had a clean inning. It was really rough for him, wasn't it? Yeah, it was bad. Um, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I'm going to look them up real okay. quick. Just, was... I, I'm pretty sure he didn't have a clean inning this spring. Which is not good for your closer. Oh boy, yeah. Three and a third innings. So yeah, it's he not didn't like pitch he pitched. Very, much. He didn't pitch very much. Three and a third, seven hits. Yeah. Oof. Six earned runs. So yeah. twice as many runs as innings. Yeah. Uh, he only struck out two. He walked four. Sixteen point two zero ERA. Yeah, not great. And a whip of three point three zero. Not good. <laughs> it's a really small sample. I'm pretty size, sure but... Ian Kennedy didn't give up a single run though all spring. So who knows? Yeah, spring is so hairy Ian for me. Ian Kennedy, I don't even think struck out anyone this spring. I think every, he just got people out. Hey, I. That's fine with me. I don't yeah, care. That's cool I, me. I don't care. I'd like but... for people to get struck out, but yeah. like I yeah. mean, you know, right. you get it out. You get it out. Ian Kennedy, uh, <laughs> four and two thirds innings. ERA of seven point seven one. He gave up runs. Seven point seven one. Okay, ERA. for a, there was a stretch there where he hadn't given up. His a run. whip though is one point zero seven. So people were scoring, but he wasn't. He wasn't letting them on much. Two hits. Yeah, two hits, three walks. Walks so, around to score. Uh, but he did have zero strikeouts. You were right. I told you. That. Yeah, yeah. So, he didn't strike anyone out. Um, yeah, spring is just so <laughs> weird. I mean, David Peralta's hitting home runs left and right. It's one of those things I'm where... I'm telling you, dude, David Peralta changed a lot. His swing is so different now. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Because, well, here's the thing. I've told you this before. I'll, I'll, I'll say it again for those of you who've been listening for a long time. You've heard me on this rant before. But in spring training, you just don't know if the pitcher's trying to get guys out or if he's working on stuff. Right. Sometimes I mean I remember I went to a spring training game once. Uh I think it was in Surprise. Zach Granke was on the hill for somebody and he threw nine curveballs in a row. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that's not you trying to get a guy out. 
That's yeah. you working on curveball placement. Well, I remember, right? yeah, I remember when Archie Bradley was here and they were trying to get him to add a third pitch because he had a good fastball and a good curveball, but they wanted him to add like a changeup or something. And there was, you know, a couple of spring outings where he was only throwing changeups. If you're trying to develop a new pitch, which a lot of young pitchers need to do, yeah. And a lot of young pitchers these days spring, don't have change Spring ups. is when that happens. Spring's when that happens. Right. It's the first chance, especially with the lockout, it's the first chance that any of these coaches have had their chance to get their hands on players. And like, even Madison Bumgarner's last spring start, I was it wasn't on TV, so I was following it along on ga- uh, the MLB app on game day, and it was like, more than like, probably 70% of his pitches were cutters. Yeah. That, oh, that that's that's when you'll really overanalyze, is when you're not watching the game live, yeah. even on TV, yeah. or you're not in person. If you're in person, you're you're looking over here, you're talking to whoever's right, with you, right, right. you're eating a hot dog, you're drinking a beer, <laughs> or if you're watching on TV, you're like, oh, that's cool, oh, look at that, or you're listening to you know whoever, Bob and Steve, or whatever, and... But when you're watching on a stat cast or something yeah. like that, you're like, I'm like overanalyzing. Oh. You're like, oh, he placed that like three inches outside the zone. That's oh, a little. Rough. That was 91. It was 92. The last pitch. What the heck's <laughs> going on? His velocity's going down. <laughs> That's not good. Um, yeah, no, you'll definitely overanalyze spring training. Yeah. And uh, you know what? There's some merit to it, but I don't give it to Also, much you heard in that bite from Tory when he lists the rotation, he said Gallon is last. That's because Zach Gallon had that shoulder injury so they're just giving him time yeah so he okay. he slated he started today in their last spring trading game that's the other so, thing the order of the rotation it doesn't matter anymore doesn't matter it doesn't matter anymore yeah. um especially th- there's a couple off days too i think they have really early in the season they could rearrange some stuff there too um but i think right now zach gallon is slated to start that first of two games against the astros at chase field um, I think that's next Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah. So don't think that Zach Gallen is the fifth starter, that he's bad or whatever. It's just he was behind schedule because of that shoulder problem that he had in spring, and he is, wasn't built up yet, so he can't start that first series against the Padres. Speaking of injuries, this one's a oh, lovely good. one. Goody. Third baseman Josh Rojas says that he has a grade two right oblique strain. He will be out weeks, not days. Oh, good. Um, the this, question of who plays third this base. This is fine. Yeah. The third base thing we've been talking about for weeks now. Who is it now? We thought they would at least go out and acquire some middle to low end name to at least get some minute. I say get some minutes. That's a basketball thing. Get some uh, playing time at third base. They did not do that. In fact, they did the opposite. They got rid of one of the candidates, which was Josh Van Meter, who's been <laughs> awful since he left the Diamondbacks. I, I saw I saw a tweet that said, um, since joining the Pirates, Josh Van Meter's 0 for 5 with four strikeouts. Rough. Not great. Those are some Cody Bellinger numbers right there. Oh. Um, now Josh Rojas is injured for weeks, not days. He was going to be the third baseman every day, and really, because Van Meter's gone, Rojas is injured, your only option in-house is... Drew Ellis. Yeah. <sighs> Boy. Yeah, this is not that's not good. That sucks for Josh Rojas too, because he was having a pretty good spring and seemed like he was doing well at third base. So um him and Jordan Luplo have been afflicted by these oblique strains. Luplo's not going to be ready either, and he's their only right handed hitting outfielder. Oh good. Um so so that that left side of the infield is it's it's going to be weird. It's going to be Perdomo at short because Ahmed's injured, and then it's it better be going to be who? Well, well, uh, I think it was last week. Tori Lavella was on Burns and Gambo, and he was saying that 
you know, um, Rojas, Perdomo, and uh, Sergio Alcantara were all in the mix at shortstop. And now Rojas is hurt, so it's. I think it's definitely going to be Perdomo at short. What I would like to see, because those, I mean, let's be honest, Perdomo, Alcantara, and Ellis are going to split all the time between those two positions. Yeah. Ellis can only play third. Perdomo could probably play both. Alcantara could play both. I would love it if Perdomo and Ellis played most of the time. Now, this is if they don't go out and do something else, which we'll talk about here in a second. But um, I would love to see Perdomo virtually every day. I think you're going to. I'd like, I mean, if there's five games in a week, I'd love to see him out at four out of the five. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm okay with an Alcantara appearance at shortstop every now and then. But and I don't know how long Nick Ahmed is out. Again, this might be like the starting rotation conversation we had, where this or could all be different in a week, a week from now. in a week or a week and a half. Ahmed's that's how the, fine, that's yeah. how the Ahmed thing went at the beginning of last season. He was out, and we were having the same conversation. We want Perdomo, and we yeah. got him. And then, like three days in, he was gone. Right. Um, and he didn't come back till September. <laughs> I, I don't know what... I mean, I think you're right. I, I think it's going to be Drew Ellis at third base. Good fielder, by the way. Drew Ellis? Yeah. Yeah. Good fielder. I mean, I'm trying to find the positives. <laughs> Sergio Alcant- Alcantara. Good fielder. Pretty good fielder. But it's also like... Doesn't hit. It's... Yeah. I hate to say this, but it's like when you say somebody has a good personality. <laughs> like, you're trying to overcompensate for the negative that right. you don't want to say out loud. You all know what I mean on that. Yeah. Um... So I don't know what is exactly going to happen. Here's uh, a tweet I found interesting from our own John Gambadoro today about uh, what time did he tweet that at two twelve today? He tweeted now that spring training is coming to an end teams more likely to make a deal. So I can see the D backs making a move for a right handed hitting third baseman. I was reading the replies because Gambo likes to reply to people, which is nice. Yeah, it's very nice. And someone asked him, do you think a trade's happening soon? And he replied, yes. Well, okay. So, so I mean, soon, who knows when soon is? Yeah. Um, who knows? You know, is it going to be before opening day? Probably not. Opening day is in two days. Um, True. So I don't know. And I don't know who, who's out there. Who's on? I mean, Jose Ramirez. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, just but he's going to the Padres, Steve. <laughs> we'll talk he's about that here Padres. in a few minutes. But, but yeah. like, I, I know we've both talked about JD Davis from the Mets, the Mets as a possibility. The, that was like a really early on spring yeah. rumor. It might even be before the lockout rumor. JD Davis. Well, and they went out and acquired Eduardo Escobar and every other name under the sun. They're paying like four hundred million dollars for the payroll. I wish that was an exaggeration, and so. Maybe the owner is looking to offload a little bit. Uh, that's a possibility, um, but I don't know if it's JD Davis. I, we were talking about teams that are willing to move their guys. Yeah, the A's and the Reds have sh- basically shelled out all their good players. Both of them already traded their right-handed hitting third baseman to other teams. So unless yeah. <laughs> the Mariners want to flip Suarez, or unless uh, Toronto wants to flip Chapman, which they don't, no then you're not getting neither of those guys. So the name that they end up getting will probably be very unimpressive. Um, J.D. Davis, just his spring numbers, because I know how much you want to hear these. Uh, in 11 games, uh, he's hitting two fifty, um, a four twenty three on base percentage, th- only 300 slugging. So he's not really, he has no homers, four RBIs, one double. So he's not really hitting the ball hard, but he's getting on base, four twenty three on base percentage is decent. Um, in 26 plate appearances, so I don't know. I mean, the Mets... What I care more about is his numbers in the regular season. Like, he's five years into his career. That's what I care yeah. about more. So last year, he hit 285. 
Um, I'll take that. 384 on base percentage, 436 slugging. Those are great numbers. Five homers, uh, 23 RBIs. Those are great numbers last year. And he, and he played in, uh, he had 179 at bats last year, so he didn't really get a lot of playing time. That's a guy. Year, so. That's a guy that you you try to get for the upside. I mean, a yeah. three eighty four on base. He'd be the best <laughs> hitter in the lineup Besides in terms of Cattell, getting on base. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cattell's more talented. We know that. But, yeah. But like a, that. That's huge. Now and, that's and probably I mean, a reason why the New York Mets don't want to get rid of him too. Right. And he has uh, he has position flexibility. Um, he played third, left field, first base last year, so they can stick him in the outfield if they want to, but. I mean, I don't know how much you'd have to give up for a guy like that who's literally not a starter. So I don't know. Um, I, I I'm not sure what. It's a name I'd be interested. I mean, in, for his career too, he has his on base percentage is 354. That's pretty good. So that's that's not bad. I mean, that's pretty good. I would take it. I mean, honestly, like nothing against Drew Ellis, but I don't know. Like, and you have to look at it this way too. Like the Diamondbacks aren't really going to compete this year. So are you really going to try to trade for a guy like J.D. Davis, or would you rather just give the at-bats to Jarellis and see what you got? J.D. Davis, by the way, played... He had 49 plate appearances in AAA. Mm-hmm. It's on base percentage. Mm. 470. No, four, 469. Wow. Almost 470. Holy cow. So he That's wa- a guy I'd So want. he walks a lot, you're telling me, well, right? Well, but that, that's the thing. That I mean, his were... batting average last year was 285. Yeah, pretty so, good. So he gets on base, singles, and walks. Those are like really good David Peralta years, is what I'm seeing there, statistically speaking. He doesn't play like him, but I mean, that's a name I would be looking into right now. He, he, I have no idea if they are or not. But. Last year, he played in only 73 games. Uh, hold on one second. 179 at-bats. He walked 24 times. He struck out 68 times. Oof. Um, I don't like that. <laughs> but again, he hit 285, a 384 on base percentage, 436 slugging. Gets on base. So, yeah, he gets on base. Gets on base, and you know I like that. Uh, Mike Hazen likes that. Uh, we talked about last week, we <laughs> talked about Paven Smith, Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, Geraldo Perdomo. Uh, they're all on base dudes, which is great. So last year, um, he played in 50 games at third base. He had a 960 fielding percentage. So, not bad. Not the best, but not bad. I don't know. I'm I'm very interested. If I see Gambo in the hallway tomorrow, I'm going to ask him, <laughs> who, are, hey, who are we who, trading for? <laughs> who, who is this right-handed hitting third yeah. baseman that Who's you Who's giving up of? a third baseman right before the opening day? Besides I don't know the Guardians. Answer. Yeah. Uh, you want to get into that real quick? Sure. All right. Because so, it affects us, I guess. Well, and I'm... It affects the division, possibly. Yeah. And you... Yeah, it affects your emotions, so... I'm a Guardians fan. Well, I grew up a fan of the old team name. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it anymore. Does that make me, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird to not have your team be called the same thing anymore. Imagine. So Dude, think about the Washington commanders. Yeah. They probably just got used to saying Washington right. football team. They right. should have just stayed the Washington football team. Right. Um, the commanders is a stupid name. This is a tweet from Hector Gomez. I don't know much about Hector Gomez. He's, Twitter verified, though, and it, Hector. It, it says MLB Insider, so I'm going to go with that. Um, he says, so take this with a grain of salt. No idea if it's legit or not. He says, source, the Padres are showing a lot of interest in making a trade with the Guardians to get star third baseman Jose Ramirez before opening day's deadline. First of all, I don't know what the deadline is. 
There's there opening day. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, know. Is that a deadline? I don't know. Um, Can you not trade guys for a while? Remember, there's that rule in the NBA where like a guy can't be traded after he signs. That's it's not a yeah. You have thing, a certain amount of days you have yeah, to wait, like fifty to, days like, or whatever. Yeah, you have to be. You have to wait like a certain amount well, of days to. That's so do you can't just trade for a guy and flip him. Yeah. Kiner Falefa last week right. was on three that different teams. Have, that would have affected him. Remember that day that Mike Napoli got traded twice in the same day? Yeah, that? yeah. That was crazy. Anyway, um, so Padres interested in Jose Ramirez. <sighs> First reaction. That sucks because I like Jose Ramirez. And I, I do too. Have to not like him. Um, I mean, that would be. I mean, where do you where are you playing him second? Because you have many, you have many Machado. This is going to sound really weird. He can play short. It well, Tatis is it, out. It wouldn't be great, but he could play short. I mean, he came uh, up as a shortstop before Lindor. Oh, that's right. And they yeah. moved him to third. Yeah, they, Lindor I mean, he's came much up. better at third. Sure, second, but yeah. Um, and his stature is much suited. Yeah, for not short, sneaky um, fast. By the way, though, but. Okay, so what I think is going to happen with the Padres, let's say they don't make this trade. Okay. I think Jake Cronenworth is probably your starting shortstop. And really? Probably Jerks and Profar. And I don't know if Hassan Kim is still there, but if he is, he'll factor he in. Um, but, man, that would – the Padres, like – I mean, I feel like they didn't do much this offseason, right? They didn't really do anything. Um, they lost Tatis – there was that whole rumor over the weekend that they were moving Eric yeah, Hosmer. Yeah, they, tra- they were trying to trade Eric Hosmer and Chris Paddock to the Mets. And I'm like, why would the Mets want to do that? It was like kind of a salary dump, but they were also going to send a bunch of cash with him. It was weird. And yeah, and it was another And they were getting too, Dom Smith back. That's what it was. Yeah, Dom Dominic Which would have been Smith a good player, but. Is coming, would go to San Diego, but it's just like. And I get you You don't need... I mean, Hosmer is making a ridiculous amount of money, and you don't really need him anymore because you have Luke Voigt, who can yeah. play first if you need him to. Um, but And then Dom Smith, if he came back in that trade, could play first. That I don't know. Like, that proposed weird. trade kind of reminded me of a trade the Diamondbacks made years ago that was really dumb. <laughs> um, because it felt like they were trying to offload Hosmer, and they were telling the Mets, hey, here's Chris Paddock... As a as a take prize Hosmer's to take Hosmer's salary, it reminds me of when the Diamondbacks sent Bronson Arroyo and Tuki Toussaint yeah. to the Braves. Here, take Bronson Arroyo's contract, but we'll throw yeah. in Tuki Toussaint. Here, it's a first round pick, basically because rem- he had just gotten yeah, to the first. I round. remember being like, "What are you doing?" Like right. they gave away a prospect I mean, to pay for the, the fact and that like, another team Tuki paid Toussaint a guy. hasn't really done much. No. For them in the major leagues, but yeah, I get it. It's kind of like that. Nobody does that in baseball, especially with the value that prospects carry these days. Yeah, nobody does that. So that was the Dave Stewart era, though. It was chock full of those things. That was that was definitely Dave Stewart, right? The it was Tucson either deal? that or it was in the very end of Kevin Towers' no, time here. I think it was Dave Stewart, or was that Jerry Depoto? There was that. What there was that. Remember, there was like that was one Jerry season DePoto? where Jerry Depoto was in charge. No. Yes. Really? Yeah. When was that? Between Towers and Stewart in La Russa, I believe. Really? I'm going to look this up right now. Really? I think so. No. Nah, you don't believe that. me? I don't remember that. Jerry, anyway. De- Jerry Depoto was a- in the Diamondbacks. I'm willing office. to be wrong about that, but I-, I don't remember that at all. Jerry Depoto, like, he loves giving contracts. Anyway, my, my whole point was it Aha! was a weird. 
proposal. 2010, he okay. was the general manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Really? Yeah. I don't even remember that. He he was in the front office, and I think they... I no, that was before Kevin Towers. Yeah. Because Kevin okay, Towers yeah, took over in sense. 2011, I believe. That makes so more sense. So it was after Josh Burns left. Right. Or got fired. I can't remember what happened to Josh Burns. Um, and then Jerry Depoto was there for a year, and then Kevin Towers was hired. What a weird Because that was also A.J. Hinch. A.J. Hinch was the manager that season. Right. And he was in over over his head at the time. I had forgotten about the Depoto year. Yeah. That's he, what I'm going to call he, it, the Depoto he year. Did, he, he, he wasn't allowed enough time to give out a ridiculous There's contract. There's no way that happened, the Tucson trade because happened that year, though. Because I think Depoto left to take the Angels job that year, and he signed Albert Pujols. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. We're all remembering yeah. right now. He left to take the Angels job, and he signed Albert Pujols and Josh Hamilton and C.J. Wilson, and that all went to crap. Yeah, I seem to remember that. The yeah. Tucson deal happened in 2015, by the way. So that was Stewart. Yeah, yeah, it was a Stewart. That was Dave year. Stewart. I Tony sure. It was it was such a dumb move that it kind of had. No offense to Dave Stewart, <laughs> but that era was kind of all pretty dumb. It was in a like well, <laughs> like every move they made, it was like what? Yeah, even like signing Zach Greinke, like it was a like a good signing, but yeah, great player. But like all of a sudden, like the D backs, all of a sudden get like we're like what? Are we good? The D backs got Zach Greinke. <laughs> I remember sitting in my house. I was in college at the time. And I'm living with three of my friends because we're, you know, that's what college people do. We all live in one house together. A lot of people still do it. Uh, and yeah. And I'm just sitting, I think I was like doing homework or something the one time I was doing homework. And my phone just goes off and it's just Ken Rosenthal because like the whole rumor at the time, like the stuff that was going around, like Zach Granke's either going to be going back to the Dodgers or going to San Francisco. Yeah, that was the rumor. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Ken Rosenthal tweets, D backs get Granke. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. where did that come from? I think it was it was one of those things, kind of like Freddie Freeman, where the teams that were involved didn't want to go to a sixth year, and the D backs did, and the D backs were like, "Well, sure, yeah, what's it going to matter to we're us? Getting an ace, Who cares? we're not going to regret this deal." Yeah, Which, and then I yeah, I was just not. like, but yeah, that that regime of Tony La Russa and Dave Stewart was was literally filled with so many just like what. What because the the Shelby Miller trade because yeah. Dan because only because Dansby Swanson was involved that you just drafted him number one overall and traded him and like gives Monty Tomas are like what okay I'll give them credit a little bit of credit in that they were willing to do things despite how weird it looked yeah it's just that none of them worked out. The Bronson I mean, Arroyo trade, who cares if that doesn't I mean, work out, right? Granky was good here though, right? Like they did give him a lot of money and they didn't win yes, anything. But, but remember that first year? He was bad. He was not he a was good pitcher. Really and he, and he was injured. coming off of a fantastic year in LA. And he got injured that year too. So it was not a success right away. Well, when he because And they didn't win anything with him, so is it really a they made success? the playoffs once with him. Right. Um but yeah, it, it's like <laughs> they get Granky after his like record set what like just ridiculous Cy Young year with the Dodgers, where he's still throwing hard. And then I remember he gets here and he's throwing like eighty nine, maybe ninety, and we're like, "What is going on?" That's when the whole velo watch for me started in spring training. That's why I watch everyone's velocity. <laughs> I'm just like. Because Granky, I think Granky scarred me for life in, this, in that spring training, and now he's back with the Royals. 
Um, which is cool. Did you see his reaction, by the way, when they asked him or his his uh, answer? A reporter asked him, hey, what was your reaction to being named opening day starting? He goes, uh, probably about the same reaction I'm having right now. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like. I it's miss like, you, Zach. He's like, I kind of deserve it. Um, I'm the best pitcher here. Like, right, Yeah. Who else was it going to be? That's what he wanted to say. I'm making $13 million. Yeah. They're going to uh, have to start. They told me when they signed me that I was going to start opening day. Um, kind of looping back to what we were originally talking about, Jose Ramirez, the possibility of him going to the Padres, at least that's the rumor that's out there. I don't know if there's anything to it. Could you imagine by the end of the season they get Fernando Tatis back? That would be an infield. I'm just I'm just daydreaming here. An infield of Jake Cronenworth at first, maybe Jose Ramirez at second, Tatis at short, mm. Machado at third. Mm. Come on, that's ridiculous. Is that even fair? No, no, it's not. It's not fair. Even fair. That's not fair at all. But you know what? You know what also isn't fair? Freddie Freeman being a Dodger. That's not fair either. Well, true. For what it's worth, though. If Jose Ramirez is going to get traded, because remember there was that rumor about Toronto for a hot minute a couple weeks ago that Toronto might go and get him to play second base because Kevin Biggio's not really turning in anything special. Yeah. Espinal, eh, okay, whatever. Um, that would give them an incredible infield of Chapman, Guerrero, Bichette, and Ramirez. I think any team who has the prospect capital to do that should do that. Sure. Even if you're not going to sign Ramirez long term, you got two years of the Jose guy. Ramirez is ridiculously good. Like he's, he's a top he's ten player, very underrated. He's a top ten, and player. I think it's literally because he's in Cleveland that he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. He's going to hit thirty home runs at least. He's going to hit two ninety. He'll have a hundred RBIs yep. and a lineup like that, maybe more. He'll score ninety to ninety five runs, probably maybe more than that. He'll get on base. Yeah, <laughs> he'll steal twenty bags at least because he's <laughs> sneaky fast. He's a top. 10 player in the game of baseball and I don't think anybody sees it that way I don't think so either and I literally like I said I think it's just because he's in Cleveland maybe and the the most like press that the Cleveland Guardians are getting is for how little they're spending on their team and the guy's a switch hitter yeah and he hits really well from both sides nobody does that I feel like yeah a lot of guys are really good like that even Cattell Marte who's a good hitter from both sides but he's not the same against righties as he is against lefties yeah it's just not the same um, another huge story that happened this week, Julio Rodriguez, r- outfielder for the Seattle Mariners, was told that he is going to make the opening day roster. I believe he's like the number three prospect in baseball or something like that. But what you're starting to notice, especially this spring, is that a lot of guys at the top of the prospect list are making teams like Bobby Witt Jr. in Kansas City, teammate of Zach Greinke. Uh, Spencer Torkelson. And Spencer Torkelson, former ASU standout and number one overall pick, is going to make the team in Detroit. It's really nice to see these guys get called up at the beginning of seasons and not have their service time manipulated. Yeah, it's. I was just just gonna say that. Like, if this was any other year, like, I don't know. I still don't know what the incentive is in the new CBA because there's some kind of incentive for clubs to have their top prospects on the opening day roster. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bobby Witt Jr. is the number one according to MLB Pipeline. Uh, he's the number one prospect. Um, doesn't look like Adley Rushman's going to make the Orioles. He's, but we'll see him this year. Yeah, I'm sure he's 24. He's the number two prospect. He'll he's get up. Too good. Minor, um, yeah, so. Julio Rodriguez is third. Spencer Torkelson is fourth. I think we would have seen Riley Green, who's fifth, because he's but, injured. But he got injured, and yeah. that's why the Tigers went and traded for Austin Meadows. Um, I think we were going to see Riley Green make the team too, and he's the fifth 
overall prospect. Um, yeah, I'm th- trying to think if there's anybody else on this list. Well, and that you we're know what see. It kind doesn't of look like it. You know what kind of makes sense though is those teams we just talked about: the Royals, the Tigers, the Mariners. Maybe less so the Royals, but I was going to say they're all kind of in contention mode. Yeah. Even though, I mean, the Mariners are pretty darn close, and they've got other great prospects, too. Kellenic came up last year. Um, they've got good hitters like Mitch Hanniger's on that lineup. Um, another they've young, got a bunch Kyle, of other Kyle good dudes. Kyle Lewis is another young outfielder they have. They've got a bunch of dudes in Seattle. Jesse Winker. Mm-hmm. Jesse Winker's there now, and he crushes righties more so than most Kai guys France do. France is pretty good. they got a good team up in yeah. Seattle. They go and get Robbie Ray, Cy Young winner from last year. In the American League. Um, and then the Tigers, I know they haven't won anything yet, but they've got a fairly open division. Yeah, especially because the White Sox have taken some hits uh, in the past week or so. I mean, Lance Lynn is going to miss four weeks with a knee injury. He got hurt against the D-backs uh, the other day in spring training. Um, he threw a pitch and then was automatically limping and took himself out. Hmm. Um uh, uh, Garrett Crochet, I believe, yeah. is needs Tommy John surgery. That's that's um, rough for they, them. They they traded uh, Craig Kimbrell to the Dodgers for AJ Pollock. It's another movie we didn't we hadn't discussed yet. We could talk about, um, that, yeah. but uh, yeah. So AJ Pollock's a White Sox now, and K- Craig Kimbrell is probably going to close games for the Dodgers. Another freaking player they get. He hasn't um, been all that great. Though. He's been okay. I mean, he's been all right. Apparently his uh I mean, he, I don't know how many outings he had with the Dodgers after they traded for him, but he had a rough first one. He gave up like two home runs and his velo is I'd down. be more worried as a hitter facing Kenley Jansen than I would Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, I get it. But I'd um, be better off facing Daniel Hudson <laughs> or Blake Trinan and, and, than and, so yeah, like the White Sox have taken a couple hits to their that their pitching staff at the least, and like the Twins have geared up a little bit. They got Carlos Correa, um, they traded for Sonny Gray. Gary Sanchez is going to hit probably twenty home runs and bat one ninety, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I guess the Royals are also in that division. The Ro- yeah, we talked about Bobby Witt. I mean, they're me- going to be com- they're going to compete. They're gonna sorry. They're gonna be competitive. Yeah, but they're probably not gonna make the playoffs. I don't think the talent is there yet. For I the mean, Royals. Salvador Perez. You got Salvador Perez, great player, um, best catcher in baseball right now. Bobby Witt Jr. is coming up. Um, you know what it reminds me of? Yeah, it reminds me of when Fernando Tatis Jr. was sitting in AAA, mm-hmm. and he's in spring training. It's evident to everybody who watched him play that he belonged on the major league club. Right. And Manny Machado, who was fairly new to the Padres at the time, if I remember right, for like maybe a year, year maybe a year or so, and he goes to I was it ownership or I think at least management, and he said, "We gotta have this kid on the team. We have to put this kid on the major league club. We can't, we can't do this whole thing that you right. guys always do in baseball, where we keep him down for two weeks and then he goes, no, if we want to compete, which I'm here to do, and you're paying me thirty million a year to do, we need this kid on the team." And that's a big thing for a superstar to do, by the way. And that's how it feels in Kansas City. Maybe not somebody standing up for Bobby Witt, but like they could have kept him down for another month, and but he, it would have sucked, but you and I wouldn't have cared. He was raking in spring training, and it was... It's you're time. Right, it's clear that he belongs on the big league club. It's time. Spencer Torkelson Same as well. Thing. Same thing. Julio Rodriguez is killing it. Who's better killing than Killing it in spring training. There's nobody, nobody standing in their nobody. way. Nobody. Um, I, I'm excited to see these guys make teams. I hope they all get opportunities too, because Rodriguez is in a crowded outfield. Um, Bobby Witt's yeah. going to play what third base every day, probably. He might play short. He might play short. 
Mondesi can play third. Nicky Lopez is there. Yeah. He plays second. I think Mondesi can play third. Okay. Maybe Bobby went to third baseman. I don't know. They got a plethora of dudes who can yeah. play there. Bob, yeah. And Whit Merrifield might play infield. Play right I field, I think. Yeah, play, who knows? Playing right field. I forgot about... I always forget about Whit Merrifield that he's there. Great hitter. Yeah. Contact hitter, I should yeah. say. But yeah. Every, Steals a lot of bases every year. Every time I, I play MLB The Show, at least last year's game, when I would sim, he gets traded every time. He's traded every year. Maybe it's a contract thing. He doesn't make a lot of money, I don't, I don't think. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should be... It, the AL Central might be a good little race there um it could be the white Sox though are just so they have so much talent like luis robert elo jimenez jose abreu tim anderson i mean yohan mancada aj pollock hit 295 i know I hate AJ it's not pollock. like aj pollock is bad i hate aj pollock yeah well and by the way he's going to be taking out bats from andrew vaughn who's one of the uh bigger name prospects they've had over the last few Grandall. years Gavin Sheets doesn't even get to play, and he he's a pretty solid hitter too. I don't too. even know who their second baseman is. Uh, Mokata plays third. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Either. I don't know. They traded Madrigal to the Cubs for Kimbrel. Luri Garcia. I think that is I think, that a second. Yeah, I, don't I think, know. I think so. Really sure. But yeah, they they've got a ridiculous lineup too. I mean, what happened to that catcher from last year? Oh, Yerman Mercedes, Yer, the Yerman. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Remember, he went through that whole thing where yeah, they he like, him, left the they game. They sent him down, and he almost retired. Yeah, that was weird. And then he didn't retire. He had a hell of an April. Yeah, last year. Yep, he was sure good. Did. I don't know what. I don't know if he's making the team. He's technically a catcher, but I don't. He doesn't play. Catcher. And while we're talking about the AL Central, if the Guardians <laughs> do trade Jose Ramirez. That is just further proof that they're trying to get their payroll down to zero. Yeah. Like it's it's <laughs> we're not going to pay anybody. I'm curious I actually mean, now to know it's what gotta, percentage of their salary he is. Got to be the the next highest paid player's got to be Shane Bieber in arbitration. Right? I yeah, is he even at arbitration Yeah, I yet? think they, I, I think know. he is. I'm pretty sure. They're all so young. I'm pretty sure. 2 he years is. ago I went to a spring training game with a friend of mine and we and we were walking past the scoreboard. We were at Camelback Ranch and the yeah. uh, the Indians at the time were there. See, <laughs> so yeah, I did say it. And uh and he goes, "Who's pitching?" I look up and it says uh, it says Bieber. B E I B E R. It wasn't even spelled right. And <laughs> Biber. He, and he's like, "Who's Biber?" And I was like, <laughs> "I was like, ah, it's some guy named Bieber." I think they got it wrong. He goes, "Ah, oh, that guy's never going to be anything." And then he wins. He's like the he, best pitcher in the world. He won the 2020 COVID Cy Young Award. That was two years ago that that I happened. Know. That's crazy. I know. Um, yeah, Shane Bieber is scheduled to make six million dollars. Oh my gosh! That he's the second highest behind Ramirez, who's going to make twelve. And what's the percentage of Jose Ramirez? Is- well, it's hard to say because they don't have all the salaries in here because arbitration oh, hearings still are still going on. Still, yeah, those can go on. I saw during the season they're kind of yeah, like extending very that. weird. Uh, oh, okay. Here, Jose Ramirez is thirty <laughs> percent at twelve million. <laughs> at twelve million. 30%. Oh my gosh. What a friggin' travesty. Ahmed Rosario, five million. Fran Mil Reyes, four and a half. Big Austin Hedges, four million. But that's <laughs> what you pay a backup catcher, you know what I mean? And he's probably gonna be a starting catcher. Yeah. Uh Brian Shaw, three million, Cal Quantrill, two and a half, <laughs> Bradley Zimmer, one point three. They, Everybody they, else is arbitration. They just or locked up Classe to a twenty million dollar deal, right? That's a big Extension. deal. That's a big deal. Be good. There are now rumors too that uh Giovanni Gallegos is gonna get a deal. Yeah. It's it's interesting, man, especially because both of those guys, Class A kind of became the the closer last year, but Karen track is still a pretty good reliever too. Mm-hmm. 
And then you got whatever the hell the Cardinals are doing, where Jordan Gallegos Hicks. is clearly your best reliever, but he he's never but, the closer. But they keep wanting to give it to Jordan Hicks because he throws a hundred. Last miles year was Alex hour. Reyes. That's right, Alex Reyes. That's I th- right. think went to the All Star game. He did, and then after that, because he was on my one of my fantasy teams, he blew a bunch of games. Yeah, and then so, he got taken out of the closer for role. whatever reason. They never <laughs> let Gallegos close, know, but he's always great. It's kind of like the Dodgers with Blake Trinan. Like he's good enough to be their closer, but they don't like to use him in the closer role. I think I'll end with this on the podcast today. I teased you and others last week, okay, by saying that I was in fantasy baseball. I was going to pick up a player. Oh yeah, that's right. that no one has ever heard of. That will be a key cog in my lineup for years to come. You are going to rue the day, Cody Fincher, that I picked up Stephen Kwan. Who now? Stephen Kwan is an outfielder for the Cleveland Guardians. That's why you know who he is. I am not picking him up because I'm a Guardians fan. I had never heard of this guy until a month ago. (laughs) And I saw his uh, minor league numbers. Holy cow. So this kid, he plays like Ichiro, not oh. necessarily the flash in the outfield. Uh-huh. I mean, he is pretty fast, and he plays a good outfield, but he hits like Ichiro. He's a slapstick kind of guy. Mm. He's got a big leg kick, left-handed bat, uh, pokes the ball into the outfield. I read the other day, I don't know if this is an updated stat, but he had 29 plate appearances in spring training, zero strikeouts. What? Zero strikeouts. He didn't strike out at all. He doesn't strike out. He puts the ball in play. Now, he's not going to hit a lot of home runs. Right. But, I mean, if the guy hits 290, <laughs> 300 even, do you really need it? I'm, I, you're the Guardians. You're trying to be as low payroll as possible. <laughs> yeah. This guy's going to make, like, dirt. Uh, He'll be there every day. I'm telling you, that's my pick for sleeper of the year. Steven Kwan, outfielder. It's not like there's anybody standing in his way in Cleveland's outfield either. He could play right, he could play center, he could play left. There's nobody who name one outfielder in Cleveland. I can't. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I know Miles Straw is there, but he's the center fielder. Yeah, he is there now. I don't even know who's who's the left who plays left. I have them. no clue. <laughs> you don't even I know. I have no clue. I'm a Guardians fan. I have no clue. <laughs> the only guys Bradley I, Zimmer? The only guys know. I really know in Cleveland are I mean, obviously Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber. Yeah. Ahmed Rosario is a, is good. Pretty like, good player, he's yeah. He's fast and is a good fielder and hits well, but that's it. I don't want to turn and this I, into a Guardians and I know, podcast. I know Fran Mil Reyes because he's just huge. Yeah. Just a ridiculous. They've got big, a bunch big of big dudes. Being. Bobby Bradley's, Bradley. Yeah, isn't Bradley Zimmer like really tall too? Bradley Zimmer's there, but he just never worked out. He's like Clint Frazier. They just have not worked out. The Ain't No Guardians podcast. <laughs> the We Changed Our Name Can't of Can't Guard team. This yeah. podcast. Um, that's my pick for okay, right. Sleeper of the Year. Stephen Fine, Kwan. I'm sure it'll work out for you. It always does. I've had two in a row yeah, yeah. that I've hit on. Who, Corbin Burns, right? Last year was well, okay, Trevor Rogers. Year. Oh, the starter from Miami? Yes. Before that, it was Corbin Burns. Before that, I picked Corbin Burns, who the year prior had the highest ERA in Major League Baseball. (laughs) And I picked him up after the draft, and he went on. Did he win the Cy Young last year? I think he did. I think he did. In the NL, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Look at that. I have a track record. Look at you. Congratulations. Nostradamus over here. Um, All right, cool. So, listen, biggest news you should take away from today's podcast, aside from all this Guardian stuff that we just loaded you up with, uh, is the starting rotation. Big big AL Central talk. Yeah, I know. We were huge in that at the end of the podcast. Apologies for that. Um, The starting rotation, a little bit different than you might have thought. Bumgarner, Gallon, 
Merrill Kelly, those are the obvious. Zach Davies, new to the team. And then Caleb Smith. Interesting. I think he's going to end up in the bullpen before long. We'll see. Not because he does poorly, but because he's just such a good fit there. Yeah. And they need left-handed relievers. That's my personal opinion. All right, thanks for checking out the podcast this week. Uh, As always, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. It's Cody Fincher as well. Thanks so much for checking out the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.